And now it's time for the ridiculous. <laughs> what kinds of things make people pissed? And how many suitors exactly has she dismissed? Siri, what are some locations for a lover's tryst? <laughs> oh, darling, surely there must be a list. A list? A list? A list? A list? You're telling me it's all here on this bleeding <laughs> list. That's preposterous and ludicrous. Well, actually, it's all quite ridiculous. Ridiculous. Welcome to The Ridiculous. I'm Sally Brooks. And I'm Jen O'Neill, and this is a podcast about ridiculous lists. Whoops! <laughs> oh, welcome! Nailed it! You <laughs> got it! <laughs> Always a pleasure to hear how you're going to start this podcast. <laughs> I started going into the dumb love intro, and then I was like, nope, that not this one. <laughs> So. <laughs> Wrong pot. Uh, so how are you? You went on a trip. I'm I went good. on a trip. How was We're back it from our trips? We're back, um, babies. Uh, it was great. It was as my friend said. Um, my friend Kristen called it. It was a trip, not a vacation. Yes, two very different things. <laughs> this <laughs> was a trip. I took my two kids to New York City, um, and we stayed in Jersey City with my friend Milani, and um, you know, and her. Uh, we're just I've known her practically my whole life and her yeah. her child um Siv, he grew up with my kids so it was all you know uh, it was a reunion and it was yeah. uh, we stayed with them and um yeah we just explored the city it was Louise's first trip and uh it was a good time it was very cold it was her first trip to New York City yeah uh huh oh did she yeah. love it she did love it but like I got to like she did love it. But just parent great, but I know every parent knows what I'm talking about when it's like you 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 do so much to make your children happy, uh-huh. you spend all this money, and you try mm-hmm. to make all their dreams come true and mm-hmm. do everything that they want to do. And uh-huh. then it's like when you get these little micro like are we there yet? It's cold here. <laughs> it's, do we have to take another subway? I was just like I t- I feel really bad because at one point I and for the most part everybody was great and the kids were great and everybody had yeah. a good time. But I did have a moment where I was that mother in line that like was spitting fire from behind her teeth, you know? <laughs> you were doing the like whisper yell, like if yeah. you do not straighten up right now, you don't know how hard I worked for this. <laughs> Which is the scariest one. Oh yeah. We, we went to order. I took the kids out to breakfast and um we went to order, and it's one of those like you know you have to wait in line, and then you rapid fire at the station, and then they bring yeah. it to you later. So it was just like, and there was a huge line behind me, and I was like, duh, 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 like trying to get Sally's vegan mm-hmm. food, and what Louise wanted pancakes. Duh, duh, duh. I was like, actually, so I ordered her pancakes, which were twenty dollars pancakes. By the way, it was like every time we did anything, it cost me a fortune. But yeah. you know, you love your children, and you work hard, <laughs> so. I um ordered these pancakes and then I, and then I said, "Oh, you know what? Make those we'll do gluten-free on those so I can try it." And um Louise was like, "No!" And I looked and I looked at her and I was just like, "Louise, <laughs> I we have done everything you want to do and I have spent so much money to make you happy." I was like, "And you can't give your mother a bite of your pancakes." And she was yeah. like, frozen in fear. I was like, um, yeah, that's fine. 
Uh, you're, like, like, and, you're like, and you're going to eat like a quarter of this, maybe. Exactly. Maybe. Yeah. And that is exactly what happened. It was yep. like a huge stack of $20 pancakes. I had two bites. She had three. And then we took the, yep. ho- the rest home to uh, Milani and her family. And it was just like... Uh, they they were um, staying behind to kind of get some rest. I get it. Like, you know, it's like kind of intense when you have people staying at your house for three right. days. <laughs> um, but anyway, that was so – we had those moments. And then on the way home, our flight just kept getting delayed, 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 delayed. And like oh, – I was so worried you weren't going to get out. Yeah. Yeah. We made it. So I'm glad. But it, it, was it a vacation? No. That's my point. How is yours know that, I don't know that New York City is ever a vacation. It's like, not. I, I lived there and I felt felt very stressed the whole Stress time. all the time. <laughs> no, I mean, not really. But it is, it's intense, right? And especially with kids, especially when you're trying to do so much because there's so much to see. There's so much to do. You don't want to like sit around and miss it. Like, how often are you going to yeah. get to go there, you know? So, yeah, we need to take Max back. Um, but I am just, like, I'm already anticipating it being a overwhelming trip for everyone. Right. Uh, especially because there's people we'll want to see and there are things that we, you know, we want to go back and see our old house and we want to do all those things. But, like, and then also show him the city that he doesn't remember. So I already am anticipating it's going to be stressful. So I've said no a couple times. <laughs> I would definitely recommend doing it in like a more temperate, like in the spring or the fall, because yes. the freezing cold added a whole nother element of stress yeah, to everything. That, so. Yes. <laughs> Agreed. But you Agreed. know, $88 round trip tickets on Spirit, how to take them. How, I mean, you got to take them. I know. Well, we, uh, so we went, we just went camping. So this was over President's Day weekend. What was the, the, pre- MLK weekend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and so we went, speaking of freezing cold in Atlanta, we've had this crazy cold snap. And of course, so we go camping, but we did go, we got a yurt. So it was heated, but it was very oh, cold nice. outside. I didn't know um, they heated the yurts. Oh yeah. It's heated and then air conditioned in the summer. Highly recommend. Ooh. I'm kind of over camping and definitely for for something like that. That's um, the kind of camping I can get behind. Give me a bathroom and- yeah. Some heating and air conditioning, I'm good. Yeah, this they're great. And they're not expensive. It was, you know, it was, we went with like a bunch of families um, for one, our friend Katrina's son's birthday. And it was great. It was like just so nice to see the kids like, like just being able to run free and not, you know, I mean, it's like you just, we live in a city. We can't really let our kids just like run out the door and go wherever they want. Like I live on a busy street. It's just not, yeah. it's just not a thing they can do, especially at this age. So just seeing them like run around playing like flashlight tag and like, Aww. it was just really cool to like see that and see, like be able to not worry and like, no like, screens, yeah, no phones. Yes. And like, yeah. you know, Max like being like, is it okay if I go, you know, to the, there was like a little putt putt course. Can I go over there? And we're like, yeah. He's like, but you won't be able to see me. And we're like, it's okay. <laughs> Where are you gonna go? <laughs> and like just seeing him like get more comfortable with that was very cool. That's um, awesome. So yeah, it was fun. It was a fun, fun trip. Um, nice fun trip. Not nice a vacation. Trip. Not a but vacation. A mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm glad I could provide that. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, let's get to our list this week. Let's do it. Um, 
Okay, I am going first this week. Um, and I promised you a list that was not from BuzzFeed. You um, sure did. I am delivering. Um, so this is uh, BuzzFeed's little brother, um, BoardPanda.com. <laughs> <laughs> you really, you really searched far and wide for this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, what else? Uh, there you go. <laughs> but um, this was compiled by uh, Miguel Milute and Yona. Balionetti, I think. Um, and it is, um, they asked Reddit users, um, what are some of the most unsettling things that your kids said? Oh. Um, so this is 30 of those creepy ass things that kids said to their parents. Oh, I love these. Um, I love they're like, yeah. where, like kids are like little, like, you know, they can like see in the future. They see ghosts and shit. I love that. Yeah. I love like these stories. <laughs> <laughs> this one said, um, their kids said, will the man in the attic come with us when we move? Isn't that creepy? Yeah. <laughs> uh, this one says, I'm not a parent, but I was putting my two-year-old niece to bed while babysitting one night when she looked over my shoulder and said, who's that? I looked behind me and asked who. She said, the man behind you. He was with you in the kitchen too. We were the only ones in the house. I spent the rest of the evening in the living room on the one chair with its back to the wall, glancing around nervously. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> That's I would so creepy. I would immediately get myself to a psychic and be like, who is this man that's with me? You know? Because yeah, <laughs> sounds like she's got someone. I mean, I would be like, I'm just going to compartmentalize this and pretend it never happened. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this says um, – Mummy, the invisible man wants to come in your bedroom. Absolutely not. I wonder if anybody's ever done studies on why kids have these like weird visions. Like, is there something scientific or is it that like kids have a, you know, a window to another realm? I don't know. I mean, that. anything's possible, but I'm like, you know, I believe that. <laughs> you know, I believe in all of everything but science. Right. <laughs> They have a window into another realm. Or um, is there like, is there something like, has somebody compiled like, what is like, is there something in common? You know, like we talked about where people have um, sleep paralysis. Yeah. yeah. And, then they, and everybody who has like the sleep paralysis, they all report the same kind of like common figure, the same thing. And it's like, what is that? Or like, you know, even like people who report seeing aliens, like they all report the same basic figure. Right. So like, is there something that little kids often report? Like, is there something in common? They Jen, see do, dead the, people. do the research on this. They see dead people. All right. <laughs> uh, Everything we know about small children seeing apparitions, we've learned from M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> yeah. He knows something. Um, he sees what we can't see. Um, this person said, my adorably innocent three-year-old lovingly told me, mommy, when you die, I'm going to keep your body so I can pet your hair. <laughs> and he was petting my hair at the moment. Oh my God, that is so creepy. Uh, that's totally something uh, Max would say. <laughs> uh, this one says, not my kid, but my friends. They were across the country visiting family and out for a drive. Her four-year-old points down at an overgrown road, more of a dirt track, and said, that's where I used to go to school. She told them he didn't even go to school yet, mentioned it to her brother when they drove by another day, and he told her that 
well down that track used to be a schoolhouse in the 1800s. Same kid was on a walk with mom in our town around a fairly wooded pond. He asked his mom if they could go another way. She said there was only one path and he asked why uh, and asked why. And he Mm. responded, I don't like that man hanging from the tree. Needless to say, they moved away from that area very quickly. Ooh. Ooh. That seriously just gave me shivers. Yeah. That is so creepy. Kids. Okay. Um, Driving by a cemetery when my kid was about three years old. Who were all those people standing around there? There was no, no one standing anywhere in the cemetery. Mm-mm. That is creepy. And it is like that age, right? It's like the two yeah. and three-year-olds. Like that when they first start talking, but before they're like – totally conscious beings right you know right. it's not that's <sighs> like why would they say these things um, <laughs> why why <laughs> when my daughter was seized, she came home from preschool one day and her demeanor changed the minute we came home she became very withdrawn and looked very upset i asked her what was wrong and she said the angel on the roof is angry with us Eww. <laughs> Why? But why? It's creepy. They did <laughs> so. Keep asking questions. What did we do? Why is the angel mad? Who is the angel? Ugh, this I one more says. Answers. Woke up one night and my three-year-old isn't in his bed. It's about 3 a.m. The house is dark and quiet. I go downstairs and a nightlight is on and my son is just sitting on the couch staring into space. Doesn't say a word. The hair on my neck was standing up and I said quietly, what's going on? He looked at me strangely and said, I just have to wait until everyone is asleep goosebumps all over my body and I felt like it was a, I was in a horror film. I kept a very close eye on him for a few weeks. Kid is a doctor today and did not grow up to be a criminal, at least yet. <laughs> <laughs> that you know of. Right? You know, they, they always, we've done enough true crime stories in our past to know that it's always people that are in positions of prestige, mm-hmm. like politicians, doctors, police officers, that those are the most common professions for serial killers is that true that is true <laughs> you don't remember we've no. done so many stories it's true google it <laughs> i google believe it. You. i okay. believe you um a few months after my mom passed my daughter was sitting in the tv room she looked down the hall and i could tell something caught her eye she got up and said yaya is in her room and proceeded to go into my mom's room and shut the door i could hear my daughter talking and laughing through the door i was equal parts scared of hoping to hear my scared of and hoping to hear my mom too but i didn't oh wow this one says um a few weeks after my son turned two he told me look the smoke dissipates this is not a word in our daily vernacular so i asked him what that means and he said it disappears impressed i asked him where he would learn that word and he replied, when I was an adult, I laughed and asked him when you were an adult. And without missing a beat, he answered, before I was born. Nope. Wow. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Creepy kids. Oh, my oh, God. That's amazing. This one said, the man in the closet, he won't stop staring. Moved just last year, my four-year-old said she saw an old man walking around in our shared closet and would stare at us. Did some research, and that man that lived here before us died in the closet. No. (gasps) No, no, no. Don't like it. Don't like it. Not for it. (laughs) Immediately. Um, I'm sure I've said this on my – I'm sure I've told you this before, but – the first house that we bought, we found out like right after we bought it, 
like we bought it and then a neighbor as we're moving in was like oh i'm surprised that um you know we didn't we weren't sure this would sell because of uh the death and we were like what and our the guy who owned it at the time his son he was an adult his son had like shot himself in the in the oh house. my god and he had done it because he was apparently about to be arrested for like drug and gun running charges and go to jail for like life wow yeah and we had no i mean nobody told us and well, what did realtor, you do and we just lived there we bought the house <laughs> we bought the house <laughs> we had like literally just bought it isn't it so funny how you give yourself because when i lived on roosevelt island in new york city yeah um i uh lived in an old insane asylum mental hospital turned mm -hmm. into apartments yeah and if i were watching myself on a movie i would be like what are you crazy but in real <laughs> life you're like i mean it's a really good deal yeah, right. and like, <laughs> like I don't know. We were like, okay, well, like, well, we own it. So, but nothing weird ever happened. Nothing weird ever happened. We never like, we did. I mean, not, we like were never in that room. Like it was oh, okay. A, like we just left. It was a guest room. So, <laughs> your guests tell you what happened. But I remember we, my friend Alex, so we lived in that house for like two or three years and then moved. Um, we moved to Hungary and then to West Virginia, but we couldn't sell it because it was like that was like we bought it in 2006 and then we moved oh, in 2009. Right. And that was like when the housing market crashed. And so we couldn't sell it. And so we ended up having the house for like 10 years and we just rented it out. But there was one period of time where we were trying to sell it. And we weren't living in the area. And so my friend Alex um, moved into the house just to like keep an eye on it for us. Right. Like, he was there to do showings and we let him stay there for free. And um, and he was like, uh, so somebody told him, not us, <laughs> because we kind of like forgot about it. Like we just, yeah. like, like I said, we just compartmentalized, moved on. And he was like, um, did you, were you going to tell me that I lived, that you were, I was like living in a ghost house? And I was like, what are you talking about? He was like, the murder, like not murder, but the suicide. suicide. And we were like, um, right, 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 right. <laughs> Sorry. Did he say if anything weird happened to him? No, he no, was just okay. more superstitious than we were, but. Yeah. you? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this one says one night tucking my kids in my then four-year-old said mommy when you die i'm going to keep your bones and then my six-year-old said "Ooh, we can make a wind chime <laughs> the creepiest and also the sweetest thing my kids have ever said to me oh my god this one said, not my child, but my nephew from a very Christian family one day said, if we all go to heaven when we die, why don't I kill everyone? And then we can all just go to heaven. <laughs> oh, this is the problem. <laughs> I know. He was five and meant it in the most positive way. Uh -huh. He just wants to get everyone into heaven fast. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so funny. That's why we don't teach kids that shit. <laughs> oh, my God. This one is creepy. This one says, I woke up to my one and a half year old standing on the bed saying, daddy, repeatedly while looking at the door. Daddy is on the run for almost unaliving me. Needless to say, I didn't sleep. <gasps> oh my God. I wouldn't be able to sleep either. Sheesh. Okay. 
Um, my mom told me a story about me years ago. When I was about two, I was sitting in my high chair in the kitchen with my parents and grandparents and suddenly started speaking Welsh. I am Welsh, but I've never spoken it fluently and because we exclusively spoke English at home. I basically said that I was from X, which was a small market town about 20 miles from where we lived, and that I used to work on a farm with my brothers and sisters, and I didn't have any shoes. Apparently, I also said that I preferred this house. I certainly have no memory of this other life, but it freaked my parents and grandparents out at the time. Uh, yeah, if your what? child, one and a half year olds, are speaking another language, right? Oof. Oh my god, that's crazy. <laughs> well, it's like that, like syndrome where people get like have some kind of head injury, and then all of a sudden they speak another language fluently. Wait, you wait, about say that, that again? or somebody like they get like hit on the head, or they have some kind of head trauma, and then all of a sudden they speak another language, or they have like an accent, like a weird accent. I think it's a real thing. Uh, I would love for that to happen. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get hit on the head and then I'm going to speak Brit- British. What do we think? <laughs> I, I'd love to speak. I just, yeah, if I can be hit on the head and learn another language, I would just move immediately. Right? Just like, that have, like all of a sudden, just like be French. Amazing. Yeah. I would be a really cool French person. I'm just saying. <laughs> I think that's where I belong. Um, my daughter, this one is re- very, very creepy. Okay. My daughter is three and is working on performing on her own nighttime routines. We asked her how she gets ready for bath time and gave her her stuffed bunny to demonstrate on us. She takes the bunny and begins explaining the steps of her routine, mimicking the actions on the doll. First, you take off your pants and she wiggles the rabbit's legs. Then you take off your shirt and wiggles the rabbit's arms. Then you take off your underwear and wiggles the legs again. Then you take off your hands and she pulls on rabbit's arms plucking in a plucking motion. Then you take off your arms and uh, then she started (laughs) wrenching the rabbit's arms. Then you take off your legs, your hair, your tummy, and your face. And then she gleefully laughs as she minds ripping off each part of the rabbit. All done. She looks it up with a smile (laughs) and we are all aghast. Yeah, that's pretty oh. creepy. <laughs> oh my God, this one says, I cut my foot on a piece of broken glass and my kid who was about five at the time said, don't clean it up. I can use your blood for painting. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I'm like, what is the return policy on this kid? <laughs> oh my God. No. Okay, I'll do a couple more. Oh my God. This one says, teacher here. A three-year-old stopped playing to say, unprompted, humans are just meat, you know, and then returned to playing. (laughs) (laughs) My three-year-old daughter whispered to me, no one is coming to help you. Oh my god. Uh, you know what? She's not wrong. She's not wrong. Uh, it's true. My little friend went through a phase of telling dark stories when she was three or three to four. She was really into playing games about talking about taking her toys to the doctor. We were playing and she said, This toy is really scared of the doctor. And I said, Why? Doctors are there to help us. Or something like that. And she said, he is scared because of the bad nurse. She gives him medicine so he can't move or scream and then cuts him open and takes his insides out. I was just like, 
yeah, that's a good reason to be scared. <laughs> we have no idea where she came up with this stuff. She's six now and all of her stories are about fairies and princesses. I kind of miss her dark stories. They were more creative, even though some kept me up at night. Oh my God. <laughs> I would definitely be concerned if my daughter right. told me that story. <clears throat> so that's my list this uh, week. I love it. I love good creepy kids. sleeping. I love creepy kids too. <laughs> Ugh, that's great because they're so cute and then they, they just are. say the craziest things it's great um all right well i love that list uh my list this week i think i actually teased this when i did the really bad list about the body parts um <laughs> this week i am gonna do a list i found a list of the 50 best songs of the 90s. Yes. It is from Rolling Stone. So I'm not going to do all that. I'm going to start at 30, I think. Okay. 30 um, best. 30 best. This is by Rob Sheffield from, so it's 50 best si- songs of the 90s from Britney Spears and Asa Bass to Beck and Nirvana um, by Rob Sheffield. And we're going to nice. start at, if you want to see the whole list, go to Rolling Stone. I'm going to start at number 30. Okay, so I have it also queued up on my phone. So if we want to hear any, if there are any, there's some that I don't think I know. Um, Or if you just want to hear a snippet of some of your favorite 90s jams, uh, let me know. We can... We can we can do that. All right. I always want to hear snippets of my favorite movies jams. <laughs> All right. Number 30 is Sir Mix-a-Lot with Baby Got Back. Okay. Uh, That's I to think, be expected. Yeah. I think we all know <laughs> about anacondas. Yeah, about being <laughs> little in the middle, but she got much back. We got it. Um, number 29. And for, Okay, so get me – Tell me if I'm wrong about this, but I feel like this may be something that you were a big fan of. I never really got into her because I don't know why. Maybe just I was – I don't know where what I was doing at the time. But number 29 is Fiona Apple with Paper Bag. Oh, I was a huge Fiona Apple fan. Yeah. yeah. I mean, most women – I don't know. I just never – let's see. We'll play a little bit of Paper Bag. Here we go. Does this sound familiar? Oh, yeah. I know that whole song. I know that song. I feel like she was like so ahead of her time. Yeah. Right? She was our like, um, I would say, you know, sad girl princess, you know? Yes. Angsty teen princess. We, I I, like, I I loved her. I felt like she was too cool for me. And I was like, I'm, I don't like. I don't like people who think they're too cool. I don't like people who are cool. Oh, I thought I was just cool enough for Fiona Apple. I was like, I am way too lame for this. I'm not emo enough. <laughs> I cannot listen to this. Um, okay, number 28 is Weezer with Pink Triangle. Do you know that I song? used to love Weezer, the first couple of albums. I love, love, love. But yeah. then they just got to be so uh, commercial and shitty. Mm. And I'd, like Rivers Cuomo actually talked once about how he figured out the like, you know, he's because he's a genius, like right. mathematically. And he, he came up with like the an equation, a mathematic equation for what makes a perfect hit song. Yeah. And you can see it over and over and over and over and over. And like every, and I remember going to a baseball game and they played the like halftime 
or the after show. Mm-hmm. And it was like the songs that they sing now are just so like, oh, cringy and terrible and repetitive yeah. because that's part of the equation, right? It's like repeating this, like, um, it was like something about like, I don't want to grow up. This is little shit. Like something. And I was just like, this is so bad. They used to be so good. I yes, know. I miss were- old Weezer. I love Gold Weezer. They were just on this like pink triangle. That's a great song. Yeah, we went to see a Weezer cover band. Oh, right. (laughs) Like a few months, a year ago. Uh, And I have to be honest, it was not great. Uh, And I really, I hated, I hated seeing the cover band. I hated going to see a cover band. Really? Like just, I mean, it was fun. Like, it was fun because it was just, we were doing it for somebody's, like, uh, April's 40th birthday, and it was, like, you know, it was all in good fun. They were covered, they did Weezer, and then they did Foo Fighters, and I just felt like people were really into it, and I felt like, oh, this must be weird. Like, it would, like, be being on stage and me doing someone else's jokes and people being excited not because of how I'm performing them, but because they love those jokes. It's like, you know, this has nothing to do with that band. It just felt really icky. Like, I don't I don't mind cover bands in general, but just going to see, like, a specific cover band for a specific band, it's like, I don't know, it was I weird. I am a defender of cover bands. I yeah. um, Because I have had so much fun at cover shows. I um and I, I dated a guy who was um a his business is cover bands. Yeah. And it takes real fucking talent like to uh, like I don't know how they remember like I he mm-hmm. has like a thousand different cover bands that he does. Yeah. But it's like I don't have to remember all those songs. And we hired them to play at Red Clay Comedy Festival. Yeah, and, um, but they also did their, a variety. It was a variety, yeah. and that was so much fun. And then yes. the other night at the Hawks game, now that I'm a huge Hawks fan, <laughs> uh, Yacht Club Review is the halftime yeah. show, and that was a blast. Like that, so but see, I, I think that am is a defender. A bl- I, yeah, I, like as I said, I am not against cover bands in general. I've enjoyed tons of cover bands. I love uh-huh. it. I love like, but this was like we're going to see like Weezer. Faux yeah. Weezer, and everybody was like, it was like people around our age who wanted to see Weezer, but instead they were seeing whatever this like Weezer cover band, right? And it maybe just, just felt- Weezer's not ready for a cover band. Maybe because that's it. I saw a, the his Tom Petty cover band, and um, and it was a blast, and everybody had a great time. And um, Credence Clearwater Revival, that Great. was really cool. Yeah, but I think maybe yeah. just Weezer was a, is a wrong choice to cover because they're not right. – they're too young. They're too you young. Know you could mean? go see Weezer. Yes. I think that's the problem. <laughs> right. I think the or problem the food is fighters. because <laughs> – Yes. That's it. I think you have to be like unattainable like anywhere else Yeah, in order to – facilitate the want and need to see a cover band yeah. of it. And I also feel like there should be something like a little cheeky about it, right? Like yeah. there should be something mm-hmm. like, oh, we're doing this and this is the fun impression. I don't know. It, it's it not like you off. really think they think they're Weezer kind of thing. I felt like they thought they were Okay, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. We're got we way off base. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah. All right. Number 27 is Daft Punk Around the World, which I fucking hate that song so much. Don't play it. (laughs) 
It makes me think, okay, so Uh, a lot of times people are surprised by this fact, but I was in a sorority in college and um, one of, we had to do like, we did lots of choreographed dances. I don't know why, but this was one of the songs we did a choreographed dance to was around the world, around the, and I can still remember the song, the dance that we did. (laughs) It's maddening. Uh, it's like I it's like I just told you the worst thing for you about me. It was like a sorority <laughs> and around the world, and you were like, we'll "Oh, we recover the same." Yeah. We recover band. <laughs> um, number twenty six, which I, this is a song that I hate, but you know, it is. It's one of those songs that you have to sing when it comes out. Is Natalie and Bruglia's "Torn." You're a I'm ready to. Yeah, like, <laughs> and she was. Is- we um, all wanted to be now, like, we all thought about cutting our hair off. Oh, yeah. When we saw Natalie and Brulia. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, she was amazing. It's so this says this shit, there is all other karaoke and then there is torn karaoke, which I do agree. It is a great karaoke song. Yeah. Because you can be very melodramatic. <laughs> um, okay, this is one I don't know. Maybe you do because you're cooler than me it's uh number 25 is harvey danger flagpole flagpole sit up oh yeah that's a fun um that's i guess a song that when it came out you didn't want to admit that you liked it but you do like it and now when it comes on karaoke that's a really fun i think i sang that song at uh limestone's karaoke night you know they always (laughs) do the karaoke after party at limestone oh into the mirror. Okay, yes, yeah, I know that. That's song. a good one. All right. Uh yeah, that does feel very 90s, very late 90s. Yeah. Um this feels this is like just reminds me of college even though it came out I what maybe I wasn't college at the time. Um no, I wasn't college at the time. So this number 24 is Aaliyah's Are You That Somebody? And I, I just love remember dancing to this at uh-huh. so many bars. <laughs> I love the good sometimes I'm good at good at I love that yes it's that if you don't know that song go put it on right now and I I dare you to try not to dance to it it is like a perfect dance song I love it so much like just to like do 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 it's so good yeah um number 23 is this is like uh, it's so. This is so '90s. Is Oasis Wonderwall? Yeah. Were you an oh. Oasis fan? No, I wasn't, wasn't either. But, but I can I appreciate that song. I can appreciate I can, it. Yeah. Well, they had that uh, the song like "Don't Look Back in Anger." You know that whole album was so huge in the '90s, and so yeah. 1995 was like I was junior in high school, and they had the song that was like "So Sally Can Wait." She knows oh, it's right. and I would stand on tables and everyone was saying and you know, it was very uh <laughs> very That was your song. That was my song. You I You can tell everybody that that was your song. That was my song. Lots of <laughs> standing in bars and being drunk while people sing that song. Um okay, number twenty two is Mob Deep Shook Ones Part Two. I don't Do know. Do we what know that this is. song? Okay. Yeah. I feel like this is makes me sound real white. Okay. All right, Mob Deep. Okay. 
Alright, let's get past this first part. I don't think I know that song. Me neither. And no. I was like, real, real into 90s hip hop, but no. So it says, Mob Deep were the hardest of all mid-90s East Coast crews, and their definitive hit hasn't gotten any less chilling as the years have passed. So, awesome. Mm. Number 21, Smashing Pumpkins, 1979. I love that song. I do. I actually, on um, Gemini's second date, I believe, he got tickets because he gets tickets to everything. Our first date was because he got free tickets or our second date was because he got free tickets. (laughs) Um, We went and saw Smashing Pumpkins and Jane's Addiction and it was so fun. And I forgot how much I love Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah. I just like totally forgot about him. And then I was like, oh, I I know all these songs and I love Smashing yeah. Pumpkins. Yeah. I love Smashing Pumpkins too. Although I do remember we went to um, Lollapalooza and they were the headliners and they played after Beastie Boys and oh, Beastie Boys were so yeah, amazing. No, and we left. A- we were like, yeah, we're too cool for Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> Although well, I remember being like- in the car on the way, like leaving and hearing – uh, 1979 and being like, oh yeah, that is a great song. <laughs> we well, stayed. Yeah, I mean, it's like, how do you follow <laughs> the energy of Beastie Boys at Smashing Pumpkins? That was just right. Like, whoever made that lineup. <laughs> no, that was stink. a bad lineup. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, I should go through these a little quicker. Number 20 is Beck Loser. Mm-hmm. Um, and Beck was, I mean, Beck was, it says Beck was the, the poet of his generation. The 90s has ton of those. And I'm like, yeah. That song... Is a good song, but it does not even do Beck justice at all. Like, no, I love Beck. Love, love, love. And it's just like people think that that he's that one song and it's so unlike everything else he's made. Well, and I think what's, I mean, Beck is still making good, like good relevant music today, which I think is pretty amazing. Right. I just, it's like, he hasn't, he didn't just like rest on that laurel. It was like right. he just kept making cool music and kept being like a cool weirdo. And um, oh, yeah, I th- yeah. Uh, okay, number nineteen is Whitney Houston featuring Faith Evans and Kelly Price, "Heartbreak Hotel." I don't um, think I know that song. I don't know that song either, which feels weird because I, of course, loved Whitney Houston and so Faith did Evans. I. Um, okay, let's hear. Oh. I do know the song. I don't know it. Uh, number 18 is Garbage Queer. I don't... Which one's queer? I definitely listened to a lot of Garbage. I did too. I loved... Uh, was it Shirley Manson? Well, this video is unavailable. Apologies. You're going to have to look it up yourself, Jen. Uh, well, shoot. <laughs> well, shoot. Number 17, uh, very like just the soundtrack of the 90s for me uh, is Beastie Boys' Sure Shot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I love so, that one. I mean, how... I just love the Beastie Love the Beastie Boys. Like how... You know, white girl in the Midwest was I driving around blasting my Beastie Boys all the time. I remember playing it for my brother um, who was like, you know, actually liked rap and hip hop like for real. And he was like, 
this is the whitest shit I've ever heard. Oh, really? <laughs> and I was just like, whatever. <laughs> I always remember the BC boys as like, and I may have talked about this on here. I can't remember. But uh, my sister and I were like mortal enemies and mm-hmm. all through high school. She was like pretty unpopular and cool. And I was, you know, a weirdo. And uh-huh. uh and just like hated everyone. And um, but um I remember being at BC Boys at Lakewood with this was like right she was in college. I might have been fresh out of high school, I can't remember. But um I was there with my friend Patrick and we had really good seats. And then my sister was there with her girlfriend and they were on some mind altering substance. I'm not gonna say which one. <laughs> It makes you dance a lot and love everyone. And uh, so she was just like, you're like my sister, man. Like, I fucking love you. (laughs) And I was like – and I remember like I I snuck her up. I snuck her up to like the good seats because they were lawn and we were good seats. And it was just so funny because like we were dancing to Beastie Boys like as you should. Mm -hmm. And she was dancing like – in this like weird fairy like hippie <laughs> land, and she like I remember she wiped the glitter off her face and then wiped it on my face and was just like, "You're my sister." <laughs> and I was like, "I guess we're friends now." <laughs> and truly, from that moment on, we were friends. It was like it just oh. took a Beastie Boys concert <laughs> and some mind altering uh, whatevers and some glitter and some body glitter. <laughs> Yeah. You're like my sister. You're like <laughs> my sister. Like, uh, Thanks. <laughs> Sorry, uh, mom. That's but you should be glad we're friends. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, number 16 is Slater Kenny. Get up. I love Slater Kinney. Me too. And it, well, but I was not in 1999, not cool enough uh, to like Slater Kinney. Um, but I now have since. And I saw them not that long ago. And they still fucking rock. Nice. So great. Um, number 15th. Number 15th. <laughs> number 15 is, uh, and you'll like this. I also uh, danced. Um, to a I also danced a sorority dance to this song and it is now that I'm saying that out loud feels very inappropriate uh it's outcast Rosa Parks oh really (laughs) (laughs) wow oh man we're gonna uh push that book Uh, all right. All right. So number 14, R.E.M.'s Night Swimming. Ugh. I don't know that song. You don't know Night Swimming? Which one's Night Swimming? I'm not a big R.E.M. person. I'm not going to lie. Jenna, this Which was... one's Night Swimming? It's a song about night swimming. Hold on. It's a beautiful song. Let's go. Nah. Nah, don't nah the song. It's not for me. You're telling me that you never. There are certain bands and certain voices that, like, while I know a lot of people 
like while I know a lot of people like them and a lot of people appreciate, there's just certain voices that I just like, I can't fuck with Natalie Merchant and I can't fuck with R.E.M. There's just, and like, um, there's just, I don't know. I can't <laughs> help it. I don't know. It's just a thing I have. I, R.E.M. was my- I can't do cranberries. R.E.M. was my favorite song, um, favorite band in the 90s and probably most of the 2000s. I had so many friends. I can't believe that you have never gone like broken into a pool late at night, gone skinny dipping and someone puts on this song like that. I feel like was my whole high school, college years where we were like breaking into pools. And we definitely broke into pools, but we didn't put that. Nobody put on night swimming. Oh, my God. No. Wow. This no, is... we put on 1979 by Smashing Pumpkins. Lame. <laughs> <laughs> okay, number 13 is Old Dirty Bastard, Brooklyn Zoo. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, and number 12, I'm wondering how you feel about this because this was like a very important song to me as a young person. It is The Breeders' Cannonball. I love The Breeders and I love Cannonball. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was just presenting. I can't teach Louise anything or show her anything. I just uh-huh. have to play something. <laughs> yeah, let her discover it. So I was like trying to sneak some some breeders in there the other day. I saw the breeders. Um, I saw them a couple times. I saw them once. Um, I saw them opening for Nirvana. Oh, and yeah. it was like Nirvana's last, you know, their last tour. And the breeders are from Dayton, Ohio, which is where I grew up. And um, my friend Amy used to, they used to babysit her. Um, oh my god! Yeah, uh, I can't remember if it was. I think both of them, Kim and Kelly Deal, but like one time, the second time we saw them was at that same Lollapalooza, and I was with my friend Amy, and the, her parents were sitting, the the Deal's parents were sitting right behind us, and they were like, oh my god, Amy! <laughs> like, you remember? Because <laughs> they were neighbors. Oh my god. In Dayton. Anyway. That's love awesome. Love the Breeders. Love those deals. Um, okay. I'm wondering how this next band... If you were into this, this is number 11 is Whole Doll Parts. Oh, I loved that song so much. I That that song, we played that over and over. Like, I remember, yeah, being 14 and playing mm-hmm. that all the time. Yeah, loved it. Just, and Louise likes Whole. She yeah. listens to that song, too. Yeah. Louise mm-hmm. is a cool kid. She's a cool she kid. Cool. I was um, showing her – this is a dumb thing kids say. Yesterday, we were in the car and – um. The Stroke song, Heart in a Cage song, mm-hmm. uh, came on, and I love that song. And I turned it up. And I was like, oh, Louise, like this would be a really good song to learn on the drums. And mm-hmm. I was like, the drummer for this band, The Strokes, is awesome. His name's Fabrizio Moretti. And she was like, isn't that like a smelly cleaning product? <laughs> <I was like>, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Fabrizio. And she was like, I don't know. It's a perfect example of how if I suggest anything she'll immediately be like "Mm." and it's like you're listening to it this is obviously an amazing song right you know what i mean but i just had to let her discover it on her own yeah yeah yeah. you just put it on and walk away and like this will do it yeah totally (laughs) oh that's great um okay number 10 is tlc's no scrubs yeah 
Which, I mean, what, like, that a revelation. That was the 90s. That yeah. was the 90s. Yeah. Uh, and, I, you know, I mean, who didn't love TLC? They were crazy, sexy, cool, you know? They were. <laughs> um, number nine is Liz Fair's fucking run, which I was not cool enough. I mean, it was at you know, 1993, <laughs> and that was, like, I was, you know, middle school, so, and you were grade school so i wouldn't i like i never was a big liz fair person i feel like i should have been but i just mm-hmm. it just never really caught on for me yeah i feel the same uh all right number eight see i, I don't know this song is pulp common people do you know that song oh yeah uh, but that okay. seemed like an 80 song to me in 1995 all right let's see if i know it once i play it Yeah, doesn't that sound like an 80s song? I've never heard this song before. Weird. And that was in 1995. I feel like I that was like in prime. I'm listening to music. I'm trying to be cool. Like, Hmm. weird. Um, Okay. Try harder next time. You know what? Pulp did not make it today in Ohio, so we didn't get it there. Uh, number seven is uh, Missy Elliott, um, the get rain. Your freak on the rain. Oh, super duper fly. I don't. Th- I think get your freak on was one. was two thousand early two thousand maybe. Oh, maybe yeah. Um, I mean, Missy Elliott can do no wrong. She was just like cool her. and yeah. weird and fun and inventive and amazing from the get. Right. So cool. Uh, number six is Pavement Gold Sounds. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like whoever made these, like, t- this top ten was like, I'm going to put my cool favorites in here. Yeah. Um, or maybe I just wasn't cool enough in the 90s. Go back to those gold sounds and keep to yourself because it's nothing I don't like. I've never heard that song before. I haven't either, but like that sounds like something I would have been really into in the 90s. Like it sounds like, you know, the kind of music I was listening to. And it just is surprising that I've never heard of it and that it's supposedly number six on this top 50 list. Um, Okay. Number five is Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. Nothing but a G thing. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, which is like, you know, who couldn't who couldn't sing Classic every 90s. single I could still sing every single word to that song. Um, What's that? There's a Warren G song that every Nate Dog Warren G that everybody Regulators everybody Mount thinks up. they know it. And then every time they go yeah. sing at karaoke, yes. you think you know it, but then it's like the most awkward thing. Nobody really knows the lyrics, but you no. think that you do. <laughs> Everyone walks in with total confidence and then butchers it. I think that is like like 80% of those kind of like R&B rap songs from the 90s where I'm like, I think I know it. But then it's like you just know the last three whatever. (laughs) Like uh, like Mama Said Knock You Out. You know, I'm like, oh, I just know the last like five words of every (laughs) verse. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, number four is um, Bikini Kill, Rebel Girl. Oh, God. I love that song so much. It's on my running playlist. 
I love it. Yeah, yeah. It's um, so great. It's and was such like a yeah, like that just for me is like that feels very Gen X, like a like yeah. all of our like of our my generation, my generation, not your your <laughs> you're too young to understand. My millennial, yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, number three is uh, Notorious B.I.G. with Mason Puff Daddy, Mo Money, Mo Problems. Okay. Great, great, great. Number two is Black Streets, No Diggity. Okay. Which I just love so much. <laughs> yeah. Um, can you guess what number one is? Do you have any God, guesses? number one, 90, I'm going to say Nirvana Smells Like Teen Spirit. You won! Is that it? Yay! I'm so smart. <laughs> I'm like, what else? It had to be. That, I know. Right? If it, it wasn't has, in the top thirty, yeah. Wow. Okay. If this list cool. is to have any cred, <laughs> that is the song of the '90s. Yeah. Um. It says this song that blew up the world. This song that defied all the rules about how music worked and how much raw emotion you could cram into four cheap chords and a crummy guitar solo. The song that kicked the future in the teeth. The song that shattered all our complacency about settling for the politics of the inevitable. Smells Like Teen Spirit was Kurt Cobain's challenge to the audience. And after all these years, the challenge still stands. I Very love dramatic it. dramatic and poetic love writing. It. Yeah, Nirvana, um, like, Nirvana in general is, you know, classic. I love it. But Nirvana Unplugged is just like a whole other thing. That'll mm. oh, always yeah. be one of I my mean, favorite CDs or albums. Yes. <laughs> now it's just a CD that you can just look Ugh. at and be like, what do I do with this? Look at that. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that is our top 20 songs cool. in the 90s. I want to hear our top 30 songs in the 90s. Um, let um, me know. I want to hear what, what what was missing from that list. Yeah. What do you, what do you, what you want to see on there? Yeah. yeah. What is your top song in the 90s? Um, all right. Well, let's get to our top five. Okay, cool. And this week, it is another... Lists of Fury! <laughs> yes! <laughs> List of Fury! Is it Fury or is it like... That was weird. I thought it was Weirdest Gigs. <laughs> weirdest Gigs. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Like, this I'm week- not really mad about it, but... I, I think I did Worst Gigs. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I did Weirdest. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, this week for our top five, we did our weirdest slash worst gigs we've done. I think I went more towards worst and you went more towards weirdest. I went more towards weird. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. You want to go first? Yeah. I'll start. Uh, my, uh, my number five is actually this show has not happened yet. So okay. it will happen. <laughs> it's at the West End Comedy Festival. So it's a it's a promo, but expect it to yeah. be weird. Uh, it's uh, the West End Comedy Festival. And it is, um, it'll be February 2nd and 3rd, mm-hmm. I think. And on that Saturday night is a, it's called Promedy. So it's a half prom, half comedy show. So we all have to yeah. come dressed in prom attire. So I love it. Is there going to be like in a prom dress? Dancing afterwards? <laughs> I hope so. Like, will there I, be, like, I is it going to so. be a prom? Are you going to yeah. go to, the thrift store and get like a 90s prom I dress. don't have time to do all that. So I'm going to do <laughs> – uh, um, I'm going to wear um, a bridesmaid's dress that I wore to a friend's wedding. Love it. I get my use out of it. <laughs> right? They say yeah. you can always wear them again. Yeah. Um, I love it. 
Uh, okay, so my number five, and now I'm like we're on two different lists here. But my it would this was this was worst. worst. Um, okay, and and just like also just very like humbling. And uh, there are actually two of them, but they're from the same club on different <laughs> different nights. <laughs> um, so this was what in Indianapolis. I think there may still be there closed for a bit. May still be around, but it's called it was called Crackers. And um, their downtown location was like always wild, always like, you know, it could be a great show or it could just be a total train wreck. And there is a comedian who probably a lot of, you know, named Miss Pat. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Who is amazing. And she's always been like a killer, right? Like she's always been one of those people that you're like, oh, Jesus, like whatever she's going to do it's going to be crazy and people are going to go wild for it. Like yeah. it doesn't matter. She could get up there and say the alphabet and people would be like, oh, yeah, we love you. Yeah. Um, she just is like, has that kind of energy. And so she came, this was like one of my very first weekends um, uh, be as a feature, which is like, you're like the middle comedian. You're doing like 30 minutes at that club. They do 30 minutes. And I just barely had 30 minutes. I wasn't, you know, I was newer. And so she comes in and she was like, I'm going to do a guest set, which meant she was going to go up before me. She was like, I'm just going to do five minutes. And she got up there and did 20 minutes and uh -huh. brought the house down. And like, <clears throat> I could not have been newer and whiter and stiffer. Like it was like the, 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 uh, the headliner came out and was like, I'm going to get a beer. I'm going to watch this. He's like, I could see your face draining. When oh you saw her God. up there, he's like, I just thought it'd be fun. <clears throat> so he's like, you know, sometimes it's fun to just see people uh, bomb. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I do know. Not when it's me, but yeah. And it's like, I knew I was going to, and I did, and it was awful. Um, so that was one. And then, I mean, which is, it's just, you know, she's just that funny. I still yeah. would hate to go up after her. Um, and then another, this was like the same weekend. I was like having a great set. So I was really, I was so excited. I was having a great set. I like stop. I take a drink uh, of water and some guy yells out, fuck you. You're not funny. Uh, just like out of the blue. And I was like, I was like, oh, okay. And it's like, I just kind of like stopped and was like, what? And then as he's, so he says that. And then someone else from the audience yells out, fuck you faggot. And I was like, Oh my God, I don't know who to hate more. What is happening? Like, please don't defend me in that way. And like, yeah, then, then they're kicking those everybody out. And so this is all happening while I'm still on stage. Anyway, uh, not the best weekend of comedy. But oh that God. Was number five. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Um, that just reminded me of one. So I'm changing my number four now, but my number four was, I was, um, hosting the mic at um the punchline which is like on a sunday night and yeah. ron white had just performed on the eight o'clock mm -hmm. and then it was like so it was like the after the later show was the open mic night on a yeah. sunday and so um I uh, was hosting and there's this thing that's called the bucket spot and it's mm -hmm. where comics come they put their name in a bucket and then like every fifth comedian that goes up you like pull out a, a bucket spot and then that person um, gets a spot. And so um, because the mic was pre-signed up for, but then, but you could still show up and possibly mm -hmm. get a spot, which is a way to bring people in the door. So anyway, um, so I was hosting and I called the bucket spot and I gave them like time to prepare. I was like, okay, this is, so you're up 
after the next comedian. So I had, um, and I'd never heard this person's name before. And then, um, and then when it was time for the person to come up, I called him. His name was Ephraim something. And I can't remember. And I was like calling him and calling him. And I was like, hello. And this is the kind of thing that like, you know, you would usually bust comedians balls. Like whatever you yeah. came here for the spot, you signed up and now you're missing. Like what the hell? And so then like it took forever for this person to say, like stand up and say like, I'm here or whatever, I'm coming. Yeah. And this person was walking so slowly to the stage. And all I could see was like, because I'm on stage, I could just see this person walking very slowly. Yeah. And I was like, come on, guys, let's let's slow clap him to the stage. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. He's wasting all of our time, <laughs> whatever. And I'm totally giving him shit. And I'm and, and then I realized he's walking with a walking stick. Uh-huh. He's blind, and someone is walking him to the stage. So I slow clapped <laughs> a blind man onto the stage. Oh. And I remember looking over at the bar and seeing Ron White like, yeesh. <laughs> and, he, and then he like left. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. And so then I had to like, yeah, help him on this. And then I helped him on the stage and he did a set, but then like he didn't want to get off the stage. And the thing was, he wasn't doing comedy. He was doing, he asked the audience, give me two, um, four number numbers, like meaning like, what is 4,328 4, times for, and like, yeah. and then he was like, I'm going to stand here and do it in my head. So we sat there and I was like, okay, like time, five minutes are up, you know, got to yeah. bring up the night. And he was just like, like, and I, so then like, and I didn't want to lead him off the stage because also he was like six, two and I'm five, four. And I wasn't right. about to like, try to handle this, like, you know, larger man that can't see and like have, God forbid, have him fall off the stage. So then I just started bringing up comedians and performing in front of them. It was the craziest night. I didn't know what to do. Anyway, so that was one of my worst gigs. Oh, God. I also had, like, this was also at Crackers that reminded me of one that's not on my list, but it was um, where I was on the stage and they have, like, their stage, like, right up on the stage, like, there are people sitting, like, basically where their drinks are, like, they're right at the stage. And this guy was, like, sitting right at the front and he was, like, not looking at me the whole time, right? So I'm, like, doing crowd work and I'm just, like... Uh, you know, if you're going to ignore me, like at least, you know, like, like look up and whatever, like at least if you're not going to laugh, like at least look up at me or something. And then as I'm saying something like that, I look and I notice like, oh, he has a, like a, a blind walking stick. And I was like, oh, fuck, you're blind. And the guy was like, yeah. Oh no. (laughs) And then, I mean, luckily he was like a good sport. He was a regular. He came there all the time, but I was like, I literally shamed a blind man for not looking me in the eye. Oh my god, it's <laughs> the worst. Um, okay, so my number four is uh, when I was like a baby comic, I got booked to do this. Um, it was the wastewater conference for wastewater operators of Kentucky. So these are like men that deal with shit all the time. Oh god, and they were so rowdy, and I like could not get. I mean, I just was like could not get them to pay attention Mm -hmm. and then when i got off stage this guy comes up to me he's like ma'am i'm so sorry that we have we're so loud during your your skits we were passing around the shine in the back (laughs) i was just like okay (laughs) okay (laughs) oh 
So that reminds me of one. And so I'll make that my, I'll take that away from my number three. I'll make it my new number three as I did a show. And it was last year. So it was kind of recent, but we went, it was a Christmas party, like office Christmas party, but they, the show started at 8 PM and they had been drinking since 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. is when their party started. And so the whole show was just everyone was wasted and talking over us. And it was outside and it was winter and it was cold. And like, yeah, I drove like an hour out there and I just, I don't know, it caught me in the wrong night on the wrong fucking mood. I was cold and cranky yeah. and I just like, I couldn't even hear myself think and I just lost it. And yeah. I was like, and I turned to this one table of guys and I was like, shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up. And like, I was shocked that <laughs> that came out of my mouth. And I was like, oh, I, like as I was saying it, I was like, oh my God, here we go. Trains left the station. <laughs> And then I was like mortified for the people that booked the show and booked me on it. And I felt so bad. And then I had to like walk myself back from like, I'm sorry. I just like, you know, it's just like when you're, you just like lose it when you're like, I can't even hear myself think because you guys are like talking so loudly and you're sitting in the front row and like, it's just so rude. And I think I said something along the lines of like, listen, we all drove a long way to come out here and we've been Mm -hmm. waiting in the cold to like, we're just trying to perform for you guys. And like, can you just like, listen, Mm -hmm. you know, like, and if you don't want to be here, if you guys want to talk, go in the other room, there's another room and it's inside. It's inside where it's warm. Go in there and talk. And so it's so hard to recover from that. It's I so know hard. I couldn't. Like when I you couldn't. like because you like have shown behind the curtain that you're not doing some you're not being funny about it. Like you just like that has happened to me a handful of times. Yeah. Where you're just like you just snap because you're so frustrated and you're like you're you've lost like you've lost them. You can't do your jokes over someone, <clears throat> and so you like get real. And people do not like it. It's yeah. so hard. Once you were like, fuck you, you know, like, stop talking. People yeah. are like, wait, what? This is, it was, wait, that's not funny. Like, oh, I know. yeah, you just, that's when you just me have to be like, night. all right. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I apologize to everybody. And like, of all the people on the show, I was the last person that they thought was going to tell the audience to go fuck themselves. Yeah. But I just, it was a bad day. <laughs> And then you have to drive home from that. Oh, oh man, it was awful. And I drove Carlette. Carlette saved the show because Carlette yeah. went after me and she's such a big personality and she's like, she killed it. And like, she won them back. Yeah. And, um, you know, and so then like with Carlette and I drove back and I was just like, Gripping this chair. <laughs> I was like, I had a great time. <laughs> yeah. Sure, you sure did. After I told everybody to go fuck themselves. Anyway, I got oh, Yeah. Okay. So my number three is um I did I did a run up in like um it was I started in Minneapolis and then I was like Fargo, North Dakota, and then it was um I can't remember the name of this town in North Dakota, but it was, um, and then I did some in South Dakota, which were fine. But so it would, this was the middle of the winter. So you can imagine I'm driving in fucking from like hours between gigs, right? It was like four hours between every place. Oh God. And I'm not being, getting paid enough to do that. But like, of course that's like in the beginning, you're told you have to say yes to everything. So I used to do these runs that were just like, 
they'd be like five nights of shows one night and you'd go be going from city to city in these different places. And so this was like North Dakota, South Dakota, back to Minneapolis. And um, the show up in this northern place, it was like right on the edge of Montana and North Dakota. And I looked up the town beforehand. It was one of those towns that like they got like a ton of like oil or something. And so all of these like just single men like all moved up there to work because they were making all this money. Uh And I was like read this article in the New York Times, like right before I got up there that was like, oh, it is unsafe for women here because it's all these men who have no money and there's no women there. And so I had to like have somebody actually like escort Escort you. Yeah. From my room. And, the show was hor- like they were they would not stop talking. It was like 30 mm. minutes of trying to like just get them to pay attention to anything. But the great thing was, though, that afterwards they all had all this extra money and they had nothing to spend it on because like they're up in the middle of nowhere in North Dakota. And so every single guy at that thing bought a shirt. I've never sold so much merch. I sold oh, that's out awesome. of merch. But they were like the worst audience and they all sucked Ugh. and they were all, every single one was like hitting on me. And I'm like, I, I'm not somebody who really got hit on like a ton after shows, but like it was, yeah, I felt, I was like, I, and I'm sure it was fine. It just was like, after reading that article, I was like, mm. you felt unsafe. I felt yeah. unsafe, but Dude. yeah, so that was, a, <sighs> that was one of those runs that I was like, what am I doing up here by myself in the middle of fucking nowhere in winter driving on these roads for probably like. $250, right? Like, it's probably $250. Yes yeah. Oh. Um, my next one is um, I was doing a festival. I don't want to say the name of the festival, uh, but when you do these comedy festivals, the way that they work is when you're like invited on where you submit, and if you make it on, if you're selected to do the festival, then you just kind of wait until they tell you like what your shows are going to be. And sometimes they're great and you get to work with awesome headliners and sometimes they're little shitty shows. You just never know. So this one festival that I did, um, I had some like little shitty shows, but then I had a theater, a theater show and I was like, awesome. Like this is a huge theater. I can't wait to do the show. Um, and I like, uh, it was a big, it was a big theater and I was just excited to like, oh, cool. I'll do, I'll drive all six and a half hours to this festival and do all these little shitty shows, but the big payoff will be the theater show. Yeah. So we get to the theater and I was sharing a house with a bunch of other, um, women, Mm-hmm. And a couple of them were also in the theater show with me. And everybody was like jealous of us that we got to do it. And we yeah. Like so excited. And so we're like, bye guys, headed to our theater show. Have fun tonight. See you later. And so we get to the theater and we're like, wow, this is so cool. It's so big. It's going to be awesome. And then we get inside and they're like, oh, no, no, no. The like, like gay men's choir is practicing on the stage you guys are set up in that corner. And no. it was lit. I swear to God. No. So there was like the theater. <laughs> and then we were in front of the theater in the lobby on a, like a makeshift stage with like PVC pipe and curtains oh. behind it, performing on a stage in a corner for like 10 people that came <laughs> to this theater. It was the biggest fucking letdown and it was awkward as hell. Um, and um, yeah, we, we all had a good laugh about it, but we were like, are you fucking serious? Like oh my God. part of my decision to even do the festival was like to get to do this theater. Yes. And now I'm like, do, I'm doing the lobby. I'm doing a corner of the lobby. Oh my God. I know. Oh my God. It was awful. What, just tell me. I will, I'll beep it up. What? Yes. 
festival. Oh God, what a shit yeah. festival! I did that once. <laughs> Such a waste of time. It was Such a, total a waste, waste of, time. of time. That was that was like I think. I mean, I did a ton of festival. I think that was like one of the worst. One of the most like where they didn't have there wasn't like enough um they didn't feed you they didn't do shit they didn't feed you yeah. there was no opportunity really to socialize they didn't no like there was parties. no communication yeah no yeah. After parties no nothing like i felt like i went there i didn't meet anyone i like spent money on a hotel i my shows were shitty and then i left and i was like this is this was i like i was very like i was like i'm not applying to any of these small festivals anymore yeah um yeah, that was the one one where I was like, "This is was total waste of my time and money." It wasn't even fun. Usually, they're at least like super fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so I want to say also that like this is like I've had so many bad shows, like you know, shows where you're like, "Oh, I didn't do great," you know, I oh I, that wasn't like my best set, but I would never categorize those as like, "Oh, those were like worst gigs." Like these are like where something like this is beyond our control. <laughs> There's like yeah. things where it's like it was a bad setup to begin with. <laughs> uh, but like, yeah, those kind of things. I'm like, I don't know, that just like rolls off my skin. Like, you know, yeah, like, like so you have a like, bad night, you have a bad set. Bad yeah, that's set. Happens, like, I mean, but... I feel like being a comic, you have to be very resilient of like, you never really know what you're getting into. Um, you have to kind of expect, like, hey, this may go great, this may go bad. Like, you know, it's fine either way. I'll try my best and then it's done. But like yeah, there are just some that just really stand out in my mind. I'm like, I this okay. So my number two is, I um, I was doing a show. I used to run this show in uh, West Virginia when we lived there, and I ran the show at this bar, um, and it was it was a great setup for me because I got paid to run this bar show. It was always kind of a shit show, but um, every once in a while we'd bring in like real headliners, and um, and mm -hmm. sometimes it was an open mic. But so this night we had a headliner come in. And, um, and this girl was like, I'm on stage and I'm, you know, like hosting or, or something. And, um, this girl just was so drunk and she wouldn't stop talking. And so I was trying to like handle it before the other comics got up. Right. Cause this is my gig. I'm running it. I want, I want it, the stage to be great for these other people who I've brought into West Virginia from like wherever. And, right. um, and so she's just like talking, talking, I could tell she's drunk. And I finally, I'm like, you've got like the, the guy that was with her. I was like, you got to take her out of here. Like, this is not cool, man. Like, you know, I mean, I was, yeah. like, she's, she's too drunk. And I say something like that and she whips around and cause she's standing. She's like, not like sitting. She's like standing, like talking. And uh, she whips around and she was like, what did you say? I was like, I said, you're too drunk to be here. And she was like, what the fuck do you want to fight? And I was like, <laughs> not really <laughs> no and then she's like oh you want to fight and she starts like charging the stage oh and my I god say, like into the microphone I was like I mean well I don't want to fight but like also like you know I was like I'm a grown woman I don't want to fight you <laughs> yeah I'm just trying to get you to shut up I was like but I mean, if you want to, come on. And so she came oh up my on the stage. God. And I was just thinking, like, she's so drunk. Also, I'm, like, twice her size. Like, there's no way, you know, nothing's going to happen bouncers? to me. Where are the bouncers? Were there no bouncers? No bouncers. Oh, they okay. Just I was paying like, attention. I, who knows? Okay. No, nobody. No, because this was, like, a bar show, right? Like, so. Oh, God. This, there was no security. Like, I was, like, good luck to you. So she runs up on stage and I'm like, oh, she's going to try to punch me. Like, cause she runs and like, I'm just kind of like, 
standing back, like waiting to see what happens. Um, and then she's like, I was like, do you want to, you really want to fight me? And she goes, no. And then she's like, <laughs> can we be friends? And then she hugs me. And I was like, I think this is worse. I think this is worse. I would have rather gotten punched <laughs> Oh my god! And then I was like, "Okay, will you finally leave?" And everybody finally, the guy came up and uh, and took. I can't believe the guy just sat back and watched the whole thing happen. It was. Are you kidding? That's crazy! Crazy! And I just was like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna have to fight like a 23 year old on stage!" stage. (laughs) Jeez. not yeah not what i signed up for but that's crazy mm-hmm. um my number one it's not any big crazy story or anything it's just a weird gig that i've done a couple of times but uh-huh. I, I i won't do it anymore is um there's a show here at a dog park <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've done that show it's outside a <laughs> dog park and you're literally competing with Dogs running uh-huh. around, shitting, peeing. <laughs> yeah, the whole thing smells like do- like I love the dog park concept is very cool as far as like there's a bar there and it's a mm-hmm. cool place for people to socialize, but it just smells like hot piss all the time, like yeah. just because they just pee everywhere, and so it's like it smells weird. People aren't paying attention. Dogs are running everywhere, and it's just one of those things where you're like, what am I doing with my life? Yeah, I agree. What am I doing? Yeah. (laughs) So that's my number one. Yeah. Um, Okay, so my number one, and this is like probably not going to sound bad, but this was like, I think it stands out because it was like, it was like emotionally scarring for me. I, um, this was also in Indianapolis. It was at this club that has now been closed. It was called Morty's Comedy Club. Mm-hmm. And the owners like completely, um, I think they may be tax fraud. I can't remember what happened, but it was like completely mismanaged it. Um, allegedly, I should say allegedly. I don't <laughs> know if that's true. It's closed now. Um, so this, I was maybe six months into doing stand up, And this guy who was like, ran like, uh, open mic there or something or it was like a host I don't know but he worked there kind of but he saw me at um the club where I started it's called go bananas and he was like oh my god you should come and uh, audition to be a host like a host at um Morty's because they're looking for hosts and you would be great and I was like I don't know if I'm ready I haven't really been paid to like host yet you know I like had never done it but I was like oh, okay if you think I'm ready and he was like yeah yeah um So I go and it's like, nobody's there. It's like four people in the audience. I have like a fine set. I do my 10 minutes. It's, you know, of course, like right before you go up, they're like, oh, also you have to be clean. And I'm like, but I don't have all clean stuff. (laughs) So I'm trying to like, you know, change my set around on the fly. And, um, and it was fine. It was like, fine, whatever. There were four people. So after, but afterwards the owner who was also a comedian, but a really bad comedian, um, basically like tore me apart was just like why would you think you're ready for this this is not the standard we're up to who are you writing with your writing is is poor your jokes are bad and I was like okay like this is not what I signed up for like I I was asked to come here like this is you could just say no right but he like tore me apart for like 15 minutes and I just like sat there and took it and was like all right. And then I, I got up and I walked out. And then of course I like start crying. I'm just like yeah. bawling. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, I've not had any, never had anybody like tear me apart like that. It was just, was like, so 
pointed and mean and just taking out his aggression on you yeah and then the guy who had like asked me to come up was like came out and was like hey there's no crying in comedy and i was like fuck you fuck you you brought me here you you should have stood up for me like this is uncool and i didn't like it was like wrecked my confidence for like another six months like i didn't do stand up for like six months after that because i just was like all of a sudden, I was like, I thought I was doing great. And then I'm like, this guy is just like, you're a bad writer. You're a whatever. And um, God, that now- almost sounds like some sick, twisted thing that they do to like torment women comedians. I mean, I wouldn't put it past it. Like knowing yeah. both of them and their history after that, I would say yeah. that's mm-hmm. probably not that far off. But at the time, like I didn't know. I didn't know the difference, right? Like I thought. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I, I should – in the beginning of uh, when I started to, and I and I always tell new women comedians this too, is like, don't let these little open mic fuck faces um, intimidate you. They yeah. act like uh, like they'll they'll bully you. They'll like cut in line. They'll they'll you'll be on the list, and then they'll cross your name off and put mm-hmm. their friends and and they're just like um, they act like they're so much better than you, and you don't belong there, and they really put you through the ringer, and then. It's and at first it intimidated me and it like you know whatever I mean I kept going and I didn't let it yeah. deter me but then once you grow in the scene you're like oh like that's all you've ever been and that's all you ever will be you're not right. important in the scene you're an open micer and that's where you're that's your circle and that's like what you hang on to with the thread and that's why you're so mean to everybody that's new is because yeah. you're intimidated by them so it's like. All these people that, you know, you think you need to kiss their ring in the in those scenes, it's like, oh, no, they're just tormenting you because that's all they have. Yeah. You know? So that sounds like what these people were doing to you, those fuckers. Yeah. There was a lot of that in when I started. of, And that was, like, a lot more common, I think, probably than it is now. But, like, it was very much yeah. the, like – you know, you got to earn it. You got to fucking what yeah. you're doing. And like, and I remember being like, cause I was, you know, I, I say I was older when I started, but I was like, you know, 29, but everybody, you, most people start like much like at 20 or 21 or something. Right. I was and, older uh, when I started. Yeah. And I was like, I was a lawyer. Like I was working, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I was like a person. And I remember just being like, Hey, I don't mind that you like, whatever, that you're going to want to give me feedback. Uh, but like, you don't have to be a dick about it. Yeah, <laughs> saying that to like one of the guys who was like in my scene and he was like oh okay yeah all right <laughs> I was like I'm a person like I'm a grown adult like you are I'm not like someone you yeah. can intimidate um yeah I always tell like new women like don't believe anybody who either is like get, is too is like putting you down or is like building you up too much like a you know right. a dude who's like giving you too much flattery because that's both are they both they have other motives for both motives things. yes uh-huh. <laughs> like you're not as good as they're saying and you're not as bad as they're saying so <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> just judge yourself mm-hmm. um all right well this is we've been going on and on Jen. yeah it's um, a long episode it's a long episode um okay well you guys we want to hear from you email us um at the ridiculous podcast at gmail.com you can uh find us on instagram we're at the ridiculous pod um on tiktok we're at the ridiculous podcast you could rate and review you could tell a friend we would love that we would um thank you guys so much for listening and tell all your friends and tell all your sharons tell all your sharons please uh (laughs) and then uh did you see 
Jill messaged us and said that there are t-shirts that says Sharon is Karen. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I think we need to buy those shirts. Um, but do all those things and we'll uh, see you next week on The Ridiculous. Ridiculous, ridiculous, ridiculous.